Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 12th of March 2017. Last night it got down to about 25 below zero in the Fahrenheit scale, around 30 below in the centigrade scale. And during the days for the last week or so, it hasn't been above uh, the freezing mark. So it's really quite something, this global warming, and, uh, and it's still persisting into March. Quite something, isn't it? And believe you me, it's going to have its toll with all the carbon taxes for fuel to heat yourselves, and all the penalties are coming down shortly on the methods you use to heat yourself, because they are going to decide where you're allowed to use them or not. It's also to drive people out of the country and into the cities. Uh, it's all part of sustainable development, yada, 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 and Agenda 21, 2030, etc., etc., Millennium Project, all the same thing. And I'll touch a little bit on that tonight, because we truly are living in Fantasia. I might even change the whole show to Cutting Through Fantasia, because that's where we are today. As everything's being changed upside down, but exactly the way that the big programmers at the top decided a long time ago it would be that the public are being so entertained and so distracted with nonsense and electronic gadgetry and new apps for everything, it's quite something to, to watch all happen. There's never been a time in history where such a vast amount of people have access to what's happening daily and what the plans are on a large world scale never mind a national scale, and they, they completely ignore it all because they're into, they are into fantasia. It's never happened before. This is quite something to, to stand back and observe and watch it. And, and watch, too, uh, what was given to the public to distract them during this particular time. Uh, there's never been a time either, and it's just amazing to me listening to some late-night talk shows that have to do long-standing talk shows, very late at night, to do with really the, really the you know esoteric and all that kind of stuff, which has gone into absurdity long ago actually, uh, but it's, going, it's getting worse and worse and worse, and until you you hear adults literally talking again fantasia, fant- it's like talking about their fantasies as a story of what they believe in, and it's just fantasy. Outer space and how it all came from different planets and yada yada yada. Everything that they prattle about is from science fiction movies and stories from long ago. There's never been a time like this where folk, where adults literally talk like that. But I think it's to do with their virtual reality games and everything else they've been involved in for years, where they, they play act and, and they can't grow out of the childish phase of play acting. Wishful thinking is what they want to be, and of course that's not what life really is. It's something you leave behind as a child is wishful thinking. But the heavy promotion of escapism at a time when they should really be aware of what's going on in order to oppose what's going on has never been so great. It's incredible to watch, isn't it, really? And I know there's lots out there who are aware and who can stand back and who don't lose themselves on a daily basis uh, uh, by playing with all the gadgetry and going into entertainment uh, until it's coming out of their ears, is quite something to watch all. And again, the big boys too put reports on it as, as you study, as en masse, uh, 
and we're all categorised into our specific units. Uh, this is you're this type, you're that type, and they've got subcategories of different interests that you have all typed into into groupings, etc. Uh, it's quite really we are owned as, as far as our elites are concerned, and there's there's a global elite, regardless of who they put in as the front people to run your government. There's a, a, an elite above them, and every party, left wing, right wing, or whatever, they all know that. They're all well aware of that, that they do what they're told from above. And the, the big agenda that's well published, that works through universities to condition everyone, that works through entertainment on a massive scale to condition everyone, and modify behavior, and tweak behavior one way or another, uh, right down to telling you how you should react to certain changes and how you should be ashamed of your reaction to certain changes and so on. It's, it's right in your face today. It's, it's wrong is right and right, right is wrong and so on and so on and so on. So what a time to be alive to stand back and, and observe this and yet you're not allowing yourself to, to be lost in the, in the massive conditioning. You might have to pretend a lot amongst people who might turn on you if you say what is, and I mean what is, what is is, and that's it, simple as that. Not how you're told to see something, but how it actually is, but you have to play act to an extent or else you have people attacking you probably. It can be pretty depressing to realize you are living through a big script, a script that was planned and written out before you were born, long before you were born. I've gone through some of the script to do with, for instance, technocracy. And that was a big thing in the 20s and 30s when elitists, again, through the educational system, through universities and so on at the top, came out thinking, well, we can engineer everything, so why not engineer society? They borrowed that really from the Soviet system to, in fact, technocracies through all the systems of socialism, of how to manage masses of people. And that's how they view people as masses, basically. But And that's never changed either. But they mentioned how they would use education for purely indoctrinational purposes uh, to create a, a uniform behavior and a uniform viewpoint on every single, particular topic that would be given to the people. They would simply part it throughout their lives and they could be managed by professional engineers who are engineering society. Nothing's changed. And I've noticed all my life too, it doesn't matter what party is in the particular head of the country, you might say. They're not the bosses. Because the same agendas, they're often signed into law through the United Nations even, go on regardless of who seems to be in power. So you either do have a national government or you don't. Well, if it goes through the United Nations, you obviously don't. And since you don't vote for the United Nations, then what kind of system are you living under when you're told you have to go along with agreements that are done with the United Nations? It's all a bit of a farce, isn't it? But as I say, in times gone by, when all this was, if this was known in times gone by, there would have been mass demonstrations by the general public. But today, with the type of indoctrination that they have, with the masses of entertainment, even through their phone, uh, just look at the children walking around bumping lampposts and things and bumping into each other. Uh, you, you you can see that they're so distracted that uh, it really doesn't. It's unreal to them. Things that matter become unreal to them. 
those pretty colours on a cell phone in a dazzling little pattern can distract them so easily. Why do you think you have all these different neuroscientists and behaviourists working with the programmers that design everything for you to be hypnotised by? But anyway, getting back to what I was saying there, how everything's planned long before you were born, uh, and I've gone through technocracy before, from the earlier writings of Technocracy Inc., and then you go into Agenda 21. And they talk about uh, collecting all data, managing all data, everyone's data, data on everybody, uh, on individuals and major groupings of people, which they put you into, they categorize you into groupings and subcategories of what you have in common with other people, all through your electronic gathering, really, under the guise of keeping you safe. And it really is a guise, of course. But um, they go on about uh, how societies can reach their fullest potential. And the educational is critical for promoting sustainable development. This is Agenda 21. So your education is, like Michael Gorbachev said, transformed into a system resembling a religion, a greening religion, uh, where the earth is a form of worship. You, you worship the earth, and that's sustainable development. It's all come to be with different terms used for the same thing. And because of this religion, which they promoted, you must go along with all the dictates of uh, those at the top, who I guess are the gods of their, of their religion, right down to should you live or die, and when you should even die, because they don't want you hanging around uh, for very long if you're uh, eating up the resources. But they actually say things like that in it too, and they talk about uh, how everybody has to be assessed all through schooling into adulthood, and even adjusted through adulthood as well. And that's done through your entertainment primarily, all the little messages of how you should behave, what you should think, uh, what not to be prejudiced about or what to be prejudiced about are all given to you via your entertainment because your, your guard is down then. You don't expect to be programmed. That's a perfect time to program you, obviously. But they give you environmental skills and, and make, they give you ethical awareness. That's your indoctrination into political correctness. It's all in the Agenda 21 and it was 2030, etc. It's the same agenda. The 21, agenda 21 goes on for the whole century, remember, and it simply have, has more parts added to it as we get through the century. And, uh, but they make it into a kind of spiritual thing, as I say, where you're part, you're a little micro, basically, in the great scheme of things, and so mind your place. Here's how you should behave. Here's how, what you should eat or not eat. Here's how you should live, and they'll keep adjusting that throughout your life as they get towards their goal of their little micro-apartments and so on in uh, overcrowded uh, cities. That's where you have to all meet your end in the overcrowded cities where systems, overlapping systems, manage you all through your life right to the end. Just, Just like you saw in Brave New World. At the very end, your time's up, basically. It's time to die. And they teach the children not to grieve about uh, people dying. By reading over Agenda 21, you'll, you'll see everything that they put in there happening today. 
uh, again, using education and other many other techniques of inter- entertainment too, as I mentioned, to to get all the conditioning across to the public. Constant conditioning from birth to death, right through adulthood too, as they tweak you and tweak you and tweak you. Remember, to them, they're the potters and you're the clay. That's how they see it. And it, what's always been amazing is this consistent theme all through. Uh, Marxism right to the present day through all of its different spin-offs. Don't forget that Marxism ended up giving you uh, the Soviet system, the Bolshevik system, where they slaughtered millions and millions and millions of people through its, uh, its existence. Uh, anyone who didn't agree with them, they didn't try to recondition you, they just simply killed you. And the Chinese system did the same, and the Nazi Germany was National Socialism. It's all socialism, because socialism completely believes that man uh, can can literally um, replace any deity, any god, and man can 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 superior man can then dictate to the rest of how to behave and live and all the rest of it by using engineers and sciences. That has never changed. In fact, it gets worse and worse and worse as we push out the natural emotional uh, state of humans, because humans are not machines, even though they keep trying to force you to be machines. And they try to say that you're all the same, even the genders are the same. And the only reason that little girls wear dresses and play with dolls is because it's forced upon them by the parents. And you could use the same argument, by, by and which you, can, you could if you wanted to, to, to say why um, perhaps a little child that wants to be another gender uh, is that way because perhaps, perhaps mummy's forced that upon the little child. Uh, but that won't fly because that's that, they'll turn on you and kill you for saying that. It's getting to that stage now, isn't it? Because you can't um, debate anything, and you can't reason out anything. The only way you learn anything to get to the bottom of any kind of truth is by debates. And uh, when it cannot be proven, big movements have a tendency of becoming not just hostile but homicidal. And we've seen that before in what was the Soviet system, in the communist Chinese system, and the Nazi system as well. You'll always see it in socialistic type societies. And a socialist society is, again, it's always the same thing, where you're not allowed, really, to hold on to any old deities. They'll give you new ones here and there, like, like Mother Nature, and all of that that fits in with Agenda 21 and sustainable development. Uh, only in order to convince you that you're a little nothing in the greatest scheme of things and just go along and do what you're told by the experts and be a nothing all your life. And when it's your time to, to be euthanized, then you'll go to the little chamber and get euthanized. That's, that's the perfectly ordered society that they want to bring in. And I'm not kidding you about that. That's why they brought in euthanasia. They always bring in something uh, with a possibility of, of uh, um, a righteous act uh, but then it's expanded to get to its real goals. That's always been the way of things. Always been the way of things. A long time ago, when, when abortion, for instance, was prohibited, the first little crack came in uh, using laws against medical systems in some countries. Well, maybe, maybe to protect the life of a mother. That was the first little crack. Until now, it's just uh, children are just inconvenient. And so you get rid of them. 
And now they're going to the next step of trying to... And, and they've been pushing this for quite a few years. I've got all the articles going back quite a few years on, on the right to kill a child up to the age of three. And I even know where that comes from, too. It's quite an interesting story. But that's how everything is, starts off with us to help someone. It's like when DARPA came out with the chip uh, that could control you as, as a person. And they said, well, it's really to help quadriplegics. DARPA is the military-industrial complex's uh, top uh, committee, group on scientists for weaponry. But they're there to help you. Sure, sure. Right? It's always the same thing, always the same story, you know. And then when they bring euthanasia in, as I say, well, now that we've got euthanasia there uh, for, for folk who are really suffering, and it's no doubt people really suffer, especially when you take away the painkillers, in case they get addicted in the last week of life, then you can give them a cheap pill to kill them. And again, then you, then you normalise that until everyone accepts this is the normal way to go. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the government then steps and gives you a pill, and then you take it and you're dead, and, and it's all over. All that nasty stuff is over. Uh, it's quite amazing how it can be put across to you. And as once the pill is introduced, you'll find the standard of care for elderly, for instance, or those with terminal problems, immediately drops. All the alternatives and and the, the painkiller, just drop them all together until you've got the cheap pill to take for killing you. And it saves the government money. They can use that money, stuff in their pockets and whatever they do with it, and bribing folk across the world or bribing each other. And... And that's the way it goes. It's always the same agenda that comes in by creating a little crack and saying, it's really to help this group here. It's really to help them. Then you expand it and expand it until you'll have no choice in the matter. And I really mean that. You'll have no choice in the matter. It's a, an incredible arrogance. And it also, an arrogance is awful good to notice at times. Notice the arrogance when governments will just leap ahead, leap ahead, leap ahead with big plans for all of you without the consent of the government. It happens all the time now. And I can remember some years back, quite a few years back, when it was just, just announced quietly in the papers, basically a little paragraph somewhere, that anyone who, who went into an interior hospital is automatically put down as a donor for organs. I gave a talk about it, in fact, on one of the, the radio shows I was on. And I said, well, n- now these doctors and surgeons are looking upon you like, like vultures. They can make more off you dead, or they're going to treat you and make you better. There's, there's your dilemma. Because this is the modern society you live in. And since you do live in a really atheistic society, it's getting more and more hellish and more ghoulish all the time. And you have to really say to yourself, where's it supposed to end? Well, they tell you where it's supposed to end. They still have it in mind at the top. They don't care about the chaos amongst all of you at the bottom. Uh, but they want you to be well-managed, well-behaved, well-conditioned, and, to, and so that you're so predictable. And they're also interfacing all of that stuff, all that information to do with your, what you do daily electronically. You, you actually volunteer it all. They add it to your personality profile. And they've got you sussed out completely. Completely. And if you change any behavior, they want to know why you're changing that behavior. What's happened to you? And they're going to find out your property to them. And any variables outside what they're planned have to be investigated because the only way they can have total, complete control 
is for everyone to be perfectly predictable. Hence the need for, oh, terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. Now, getting back to the Agenda 21, they talk about how to indoctrinate and how they'll have to indoctrinate this kind of new earth-type religion. So it's through everything, sustainability and so on. And that's how they did it. And they mention that, uh, I think in chapter 36, uh, where they, they tell you how they're going to do it. They say that countries assisted by international organizations, these are the private organizations, you know, Bill Gates and all the rest of them, Non-governmental organizations, the NGOs are all big armies, specialized armies employed uh, and paid for basically by big foundations, private foundations. It says, and other sectors could strengthen or establish national or regional centers of excellence. Now, regions, we're all marked up in regions, 10 regions across the world under the UN. And they talk about this too how they can make sure that everyone's basically standardized. It's about standardization. So in interdisciplinary research and education, so they're going to um, do it all through regional centers of excellence in interdisciplinary research and education in environmental and developmental sciences. Developmental sciences. That's indoctrination of the youth and throughout their years as they grow up. Law and the management of specific environmental problems. Well, you see, the specific environmental problems under the United Nations and Agenda 21 and so on is all because, apparently, of because of what you do. You are the problem. You, as a human, are the problem. So you see how it's all been mapped out for you under. And, and again, they tried. They, they tried the global cooling back in the 60s, early 70s. It didn't work. And then they hit on global warming, and they made that their mantra for a while in order to give them a reason to take over our, the, the order and management of our lives by law to save the world, etc. Then they just changed it to climate change, because climate change is always happening. They can't go wrong there. And then it's your fault that climate is changing. And so we're going to tax you, but we're also going to manage you all the more to make sure that you're sustainable living in this world. And that's how it's done. We, we truly have these, these engineers way, way above, underneath those who rule the world. And we do have world rulers. The world rulers aren't bothered about the pesky little problems of, of little, little things that you take seriously down below. That's petty stuff to them. But they own the world as far as they're concerned. And really all you have in election time is which gang is going to allow to, to get in, uh, who promises most to the world rulers, uh, and they're allowed, well, while they're in, to fill their own pockets as well. Uh, but they do what they're told, and they make sure the big, the big scheme is pushed ahead. That's all. Carl Quigley talked about that. And, and so basically it's all done. Now, through education, that's an important thing. And for the states, they're all talking about Common Core. And Common Core was set up, basically, to, to implement all of this, and this complete indoctrination, and that's what it is, they say it themselves, indoctrination through the schooling system. And uh, they did the core standards, and um, they have a core standards website. It's called corestandards.org. And the, when you see who, who's, um, there's a notice on it too, who, if you're going to use this stuff, you must also put up a copyright which says 2010 National Governors Association Center for Best Practices 
and Council of Chief State School Officers. So there you are, they even have it copyrighted from all these different people. You had no idea we're in, in there to do social engineering on you. National Governors Association Center. Anyway, uh, you, know, you understand, once these little peons get into, into some kind of elective role, they're told, they're told by the big bosses above them. Now, here, in fact, they're drawn aside. Now, look, look, son, or here, look, girl. This is how it's really, really uh, run, and, and this is what you're going to do, or else. And if you don't do what we want, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be in a scandal tomorrow and out, out the door. That's how it's done. It's a real world. But the herd mustn't, you mustn't spook the herd. Keep them stable, keep them entertained, keep them distracted with nonsense. While the big agenda goes on. And so you are living through a big, big world plan, a very old world plan. So old, in fact, that many writers in the 1800s wrote about it, and other ones who were well known in the 20th century, like... Aldous Huxley wrote Brave New World, and you had uh, George Orwell, who, and both of them corresponded for a good part of their, their lives at the time uh, on what kind, what exact kind of system would be used to bring it all into place, and slight differences in, in their viewpoints at the time, according to the time in which they lived, because they both lived basically in, in an age of mass movements for mass control. Uh, the communist system, for instance, uh, they sat back in Britain and watched that in the Soviet system, this massive experiment. And they called it experiment to see if they could control everybody, make them all obedient. And they brought in the Pavlovian training in school uh, to make them be little automatons and just parrot things automatically, uh, uh, just like robots. And then they would parrot then do things automatically like robots. That was the idea behind it. They wanted to create a new Sovieticus man, basically. And it hasn't changed. It's done today with more neuroscientists involved and uh, behaviorists involved and psychologists involved to make sure uh, that we don't catch on. Very few folk catch on. Children generally don't catch on now as to what's wrong, what's up. Uh, They're so distracted with so much. A whole sector of uh, production now is to do with keeping the attention of people, including children, completely entertained and distracted uh, for a great chunk of every day, in fact. That way you're very predictable, you're not involved in anything that's going to cause any problem to any world rulers, and, uh, you know, you're, you're marked down as safe. Quite something. But your mind is robbed from you, completely robbed from you. Complete social engineering with the backing of law now. So that when, as, as George Orwell said, uh, when his character Winston is being tortured by O'Brien, who's going to reshape his whole mind, you know, the precursor of MK Andre, you might say, and make him have, give a, a new set of beliefs completely, uh, where he would, he would tell him, and he'd make Winston believe through tortures of various kinds, that Winston would believe that if Brian said he could fly, then he could fly if he said it. Um, or that five fingers meant three fingers or two fingers or whatever. Whatever Brian said it would be at that moment, uh, Winston would have to see 
and, and part it too. And he had to believe it. Just parting it and get to get away from pain and punishment wasn't good enough. He had to believe it. And the same technique is being put across the, upon the whole of society right now. As to what you're supposed to call something which you see and and the authorities at the top are telling you what you're supposed to see. Not what you see. That's a dangerous, dangerous system to live in. And... Uh, and everyone's being studied as we go through these big changes, these transitions, as I like to call them. This is a century of transition, the 21st century, where so many, where all, all that was normal has been turned upside down and, and thrown out the window, or else at least um, frowned upon. All that was good is bad, all that's bad is good, and so on and so on. And this is the big, big push to sh- for the experimental scientists at the top to show themselves that they can literally create a brand new kind of society and reshape all thought, all viewpoints, all everything. That's what you're living through right now. And it's been done under heavy snoring from the public. That's all you hear is a snoring because of the distractions that they have. I think part of it too is also the fact that there's been a kind of gradual teaching to the masses of people that you, you really don't have much of a function in the big scheme of things. Leave it to the experts. That's what they've been trying to train you about for years. Don't be involved in anything. Just leave it to the experts until you have a managerial class. You won't have to vote at all. They'll just be there and you'll all accept it as a kind of normal thing to the way to be. And they've written lots of papers on this at universities over many, many years. And where they even go back into previous societies like ancient Rome, things like that. How did that run? What was the system? The people would accept tyrants and obey the tyrants, go along with them, and still things would, wouldn't come to a standstill and things like that. Uh, the, and they put all kinds of papers forwards on, on ways to achieve a kind of professional rule over society and have the public simply just give up on bothering to vote and, and so on. The elite themselves have said that democracy is such a waste of time. They have big plans made at the top. I'm talking about the ruling elite. Big plans. And this this voting different parties in every so many years uh, stops you getting the agenda through fast. If it's just one party, a one-party system, and you can just ram it through just like they did in the Soviet Union or other totalitarian systems uh, without having to go through the... Uh, the pretense of, uh, of pleasing the public <laughs> or listening to the public for that matter. Margaret Thatcher even talked about it because Margaret Thatcher was an elitist in herself too uh, and uh, she, she really helped destroy a good part of the British system as well. She ignored the British culture completely and uh, at that particular time that was a crisis period for Britain uh, where culture should have been elevated uh, but instead of her bringing in just a new economic system and saying that economics would straighten itself out, just go ahead and do it all. And they allowed the bankers to crash everything eventually as they accumulated debt and debt and debt and debt and debt and had nobody watching them. 2008, you had the, the massive accumulated crash from that, that system. But she ignored the, 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 the social side of things, the, the British uh, cultural side of things completely. And it went down the tubes. But she said when she retired from politics that she now belonged 
And I read that on the air as well years ago on a radio station. She said that uh, she belonged now to to a group of ex-heads of state and politicians and top bureaucrats of different nations that, who all knew each other and who worked behind the scenes to get things done. Things where the democratic principles didn't really work so well because the, the politicians had to give a pretense, at least, of uh, notice to the public. Uh, whereas the ones who worked behind the scenes got things done quietly and seamlessly, and, and it didn't matter which parties happened to be in power. Now, she was talking about the high group of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. That there's an inner party up there that, uh, again, Carl Quigley talks about because the American branch is the Council on Foreign Relations, but uh, they're the trilateral group as well. And they're the, they, they actually call themselves technocrats as well, uh, the trilateral group. They literally go across the world and get things done uh, without needing the votes from the general population on anything. So she was really all for that, that way of, of working it, um, as opposed to listening to the public or giving any pretense of listening to the public. And she was honest about it. Through her arrogance, she was honest about it. That's why it's good to have arrogant people at times. Uh, they let you know what's really going on uh, as they boast about it. And in the U.S., of course, there's been a, a long uh, staged out coup, to an extent, using all kinds of techniques and outlets for media to get it all done. And it took many years uh, to get it, to prepare it all, get it all done, and prepare the public for the big shift. The world's still waiting to see the outcome, for instance, of, of uh, the Trump group. But he's still, he's still, he's not the boss either. He's the boss of certain things, and he can allow his friends not to get off even more wealthy during the retirement office. That's what all parties do. But they're not the boss. They're not their boss. And, but he will have to please the, the, the ones way above himself. Uh, this is where the, the millionaires and billionaires have to please the multi-trillionaires, you might say. And the multi-trillionaires, uh, they, they can create more trillions instantly if they want to, because it's all a racket and a con anyway. So you're, you're living in a, in a, a multi-reality world, you might say, different levels of reality depending on where you are, who you are, etc. And sometimes you get a president in the U.S., like Reagan, for instance, who began to think that he was uh, there for the people, and uh, and they, they shot him. They didn't kill him, but they shot him to, just to remind him that he wasn't the boss. And that's uh, that's why that, that kind of thing is done, is to show the, the guy that he's not the boss. And it's to be a warning to those who come later, too, you're not the boss either. I've mentioned before the CIA is like a separate government inside the U.S. It doesn't care who, who pretends to be the boss. Uh, the CIA is so secretive, and I'm sure it's in bed with MI6. I think MI6, CIA, and Mossad, and maybe a few other countries' uh, secret services are all part of the one system. Nice, this one system, to be honest with you. Because really, their whole goal eventually was to, to all amalgamate all countries into this world governmental system. So naturally, they'd have to have incredible, uh, incredibly intimate um, contacts and an exchange between all the, the different intelligence agencies. Who, in this day and age, it's so easy to infiltrate. And it was even before the internet, to infiltrate each other by putting people in. It's just too easy. So they'd, it's far easier just to bring them all in. And then you know who's on board with you. 
And you know your agenda is a global agenda. And you know also who your, who your bosses and masters are. Now I'm going to read a few articles. Just touch on the articles. Because really, we cannot trust media. We never could trust media. And even before Trump and the whole thing, before the fake news thing, I've been saying for, for years that most of, the, most of the news is untrue or is completely missing. What's really happening it just isn't being published. And that's what it's really there for, isn't it? There's a little article here. It's, it's kind of comical in a sense. Comical in, in a tragic way. But it's, it talks about um, the eastern Ukraine. And we know there was, a, again, a, the demand and, and, a, and a vote, supposedly, for staying with Russia or keeping separate or whatever. And we know that the EU wants to, to keep a hold of the Ukraine. And uh, we'll never get the full truth on anything to do with it. But Canada now has been asked, and they're going to help the military forces to supposedly modernize in Ukraine. Now, what's Canada got to do with this? What's Canada got to do with getting involved in, in training um, some other military? When, when literally Canada's pretty well broke. Never mind the, the moral or immoral connotations of it all. Canada's pretty well broke. But we're going to go out and to, to show them how to use heavy weapons and and modern equipment and all that. Well, who's going to give them modern equipment? We're going to give them, them that too. Yet you have to really look at the madness of things, you know, the madness of things. And and here's the bit of the article that got me too, of petty politicians. Because there's a lot of petty politicians who really think they're something, but there's petty regardless in the grand scheme of things. It says, no kidding, you D-R-A-B, drab, to the rescue. It's very drab. Jill Sinclair, a former assistant deputy minister of defense, who once led the Canadian government's efforts to ban, to ban landmines, now holds Canada's seat on a panel designed to bring the Ukrainian armed forces into the 21st century. Ukraine's Defense Reform Advisory Board, DRAB, is charged with steering the Ukrainian military through a crash transformation, even as it fights a low-level war against a far stronger neighbor. She likens the task to changing the wheels on a bicycle while the bicycle is moving. Well, perhaps the scheme is as ridiculous as what she just said there. But really, what's Canada doing? Get mixed up in this kind of stuff. What is it? And then it says here that uh, her co-chairs in this scheme, I guess, are a trio of retired generals, former U.S. Uh, CENTCOM commander, it says CENTCOM commander, John Abizid, the U.K.'s Sir Nick Parker, and Jonas uh, Adriskevisius, I guess, former commander of Lithuania's armed forces. Sinclair says there's currently a Soviet mentality in Ukrainian armed forces and defense ministry. The Ukrainians would be the first to say that. So there are other reasons behind all of this, but, but, but Canada itself uh, shouldn't even bother about trying to beat any war drums to, to raise any kind of support, or especially military support, over anything, to be honest with you. Because Canada, only a few months ago, was told by the head of the country, supposedly, that Canada has no real history. All the history of Canada, they tossed out the window. Uh, and Canada naturally does have a history, but that's not to be considered anymore under the new system. 
and its and its system at one time was was keeping its nose out of other countries' affairs. Really, and when you you're, you're going into a very high geopolitical situation, but where the big powers are involved into machinations, which you'll never figure out down below what the ultimate goals are going to be, then why are you involved in it? But especially when you're broke. But there you go. There's your mysteries of those that get into the lower levels of government. And I mean lower levels because literally when you have big world agendas signed into law basically through the United Nations and we're all going along, it doesn't really matter who, who gets the the pay, the, the biggest paycheck at the top. And then you get this too. To do with, with Agenda 21 and the brainwashing. Now in some countries it's been far more intensive and uh, professionally done through for a long, many, many, many years, these experimental countries. Now, Germany has been an experimental country since World War II. In fact, during World War II, uh, a big department was set up inside the U.S. government uh, to create and, on, and plan out systems of total control of a brand-new generation and given a brand-new indoctrination of Germany and Japan. So they could play and tweak cultures and experiment with them. And it's never changed. And it's been awfully successful in a sense. But it says here that Germany's silent catastrophe, 330,000 households see power turned off in one year. The DPA German press agency reported yesterday on the rapidly spreading energy poverty. This is in turn they're using now, uh, now engulfing the country. The main driver is Germany's skyrocketing electricity prices. Now, I read all the articles over the last few years about how they were going to really jack up all energy sources. That's technocracy, where literally energy is what rules your life. You have energy credits, and now we've got also carbon credits. You're living on a big agenda. It doesn't matter who gets in. But it says, anyway, so, so here they are, they've got massive electricity prices. Now, I even give talks on how the big companies, power companies, would be, be more lucrative if you were shareholders in them, because they're guaranteed to get more and more money out of the public as if, as they, if they actually give more, less and less power out to the public. They get more and more expensive. It's beautiful, isn't it? So here you, here's, a, here, so here's all these people who literally are now in energy poverty. Now, in Britain, you have fuel poverty. They've got that all, and I've read the articles over the years as they kill off lots of the elderly in their own homes because they can't afford the fuel to keep themselves. And that's no, no normal. It's normal because, you see, you're a peon in the masses. You're not really a human being anymore. And you can do an awful lot with the masses when you're not human beings anymore. Anyway, Currently, a regular household, consumers are paying nearly 30 cents a kilowatt hour, almost three times the rate paid in the USA. And they'll have taxes over that too, like, like value-added tax and all the rest of it. And it says, back to the 19th century, many households are no longer able to afford electricity and are seeing themselves catapulted back to the 19th century. According to T-Online uh, De here, more than 330,000 households have seen their electricity cut off over the past year alone. The German site writes that those hit the hardest are households on welfare. That's society's poorest and most vulnerable. Maybe the elderly too. You understand when you're elderly now, uh, they want you to die efficiently, just like Brave New World. Your time is up. 
into the tube and they eject you out the bottom into the big fertilizer plant. This is not only have the poor been broadsided by the high altruistic prices, but so have energy-intensive industries. This all makes many average workers uneasy. Over the past years, a number of German plants have been moving their operations to less expensive locations abroad, especially in the chemical industry. Traditional power companies have also been getting creamed, seeing billions of losses and thousands of layoffs. And 6.2 million threats to cut off services were made to the public. It's quite a good article. But uh, it's happening all over because that's the agenda as they jack up all energy. I've read the articles too from the United Nations and World Health Organization who complain, you see, the more energy you have, the healthier you can be and the more healthy people you have, the population might increase. So you you decrease energy and you'd be surprised at all the side effects and the fallouts that happen with it until uh, your health falls, everything falls, you can't heat yourself, you're cold as well and you just start dying off and you, you can get their nice... Estimated deaths per year out of it. You know, that's how they work, work it all out, you see. This is, this is the real system you live in. And I really mean that. I really mean that. Another article, too, uh, talks about the same thing. Over 300,000 poverty hit German homes have the power cut off each year. And it's between 2011 and 2015, the providers cut off power to at least 300,000 German households who could no longer afford to pay their bills. Mind you, I mean, Germany has brought so, just like Britain, so, so many, uh, well, they used to call them illegal immigrants just flooding into the country. Now they're just called migrants because we don't have borders, apparently. But we still have nations that, that have to pay the bills for them all coming in. And when, you, when you're paying for their upkeep and putting them up in, in, in accommodation and, and welfare and all that, uh, and all the other things, healthcare, you name it, uh, it's more and more and more tax money going towards these things. There's less money going to the elderly and your own people. And so someone's going to die. Well, who's going to die? Well, get, get the folk who are, <laughs> who are the weakest. And it's, it's very Darwinian, isn't it? Very Darwinian. And it's, it's just nice silence from the big government authority. Just silence. And get used to that. In every country, get used to the silence as the horror shows really start. Because it's all planned that way, including how they'll, 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 they're going to manage it as we go through the complaining uh, season, basically, and uh, how, how they'll get us over that, too. Probably give you a lot more cheaper entertainment, maybe even free entertainment for a while, and keep you distracted as you die and you freeze to death. But that's the way it is. And here's another article, Budget 2017, Solar Industry Facing Devastating 800% Tax Increase. And you think you could win, didn't you? You really thought you could. And it says Britain's solar industry is facing devastation and consumers could see energy bills rise after the Chancellor, Philip Hammond, refused to listen to pleas to cancel a planned tax hike of up to 800% on rooftop solar schemes. The Solar Trade Association described the government's refusal to bend over the increase due to come into force in April as nonsensical and absurd. Uh, says, state schools with solar panels will be forced to pay, while private schools will remain exempt. This is what they're saying here. Mr. Hammond barely mentioned the energy sector in his speech, apart from a promise. That's what I was just said there, doesn't it? They simply ignore the things that really matter, and, uh, and uh, you'll be left wondering, you know, a big question mark above your heads. 
Apart from a promise to help the oil and gas industry, industry maximise exploitation of the remaining reserves in the North Sea. <laughs> it won't matter. They'll sell off anyway. <laughs> They'll sell it all off to abroad. You're always getting, you know, shafted as is. Uh, Currently, the government's own figure of solar power is expected to become the cheapest form of electricity generation sometime in the 2020s. Well, if that's going to be the cheapest form and it's going up 800%, uh, you better get ready to just die quietly, I think, and make peace with your maker. Now, this article, he goes on about uh, smart cities, of course. It's all smart cities. For those who don't know it, every year... Uh, across the world, they have these uh, inexotic locations, and actually, because a lot of exotic locations for big world meetings on technology and uh, managing the planet and all of the people that are on the planet through technology. That's what Agenda 21 is all about. And smart cities is, is a part of it, and they're talking about bringing on in the new 5G, 5G system for, for their uh, Wi-Fis and for their phones and so on. Uh, so they'll get faster download speed and things like that, supposedly. But it's really, as they say themselves, really to connect all all the stuff they talked about in uh, the smart cities, about the the Internet of Things, where everything communicates with everything else. That's what it's about. And this article says, in smart cities of the future, posters and street signs can talk. Well, they were doing that experiment years ago in New York City. I think they even had that in Demolition Man, the movie, and many other movies too from years ago. Because you're always programmed long in advance of what they've actually got. And they know that they might have it 20 years before they introduce it into society. But uh, they talk about uh, how this is going to be a technique that can really be used in smart cities to provide people. It's all to provide and help you. Provide people with information when they're outdoors. Because no matter where you, you are, if you are you're not provided with constant information, you might start thinking for yourself, obviously. I, I added that bit. That's how they should really write this article. And it says, Ayer is part of an engineering team at University of Washington that just published a study showing how FM radio waves can be used to transmit data and audio from a sign or even clothing. That's old, old stuff. Ah, they knew that long ago. It shows that it's possible for a smartphone or a car radio to play a message sent from a smart poster via FM radio signals instead of relying on Wi-Fi or Bluetooth to transmit it. It's a technique known as uh, backscattering, they call it, where audio and data are transmitted on top of existing FM broadcast signals. So that's one thing they do with smart cities. That's the big push right now. Urban sprawl is reality for two out of three people living in Europe. Uh, this edition of Real Economy comes from the Spanish city of Valencia. And they go on to give you a, a long, a dramatic story about... Uh, 80% of Europe's energy used by the people as city dwellers, but they contribute around 85% of the continent's GDP. Now, as the world's urban population is set to double, because the only it's not it's not the world's population, folks. It's, it's all coming from third world countries into the existing first world countries. It might be a, because in the first world countries, they say your population is always dropping. Right? It might be a good idea for us to understand what a smart city is. Then they go through the crash course nonsense, the indoctrination part. Connects the dots as well as between as well between human society information and communication technology. 
Connections that know when your next bus to work will arrive and is capable of controlling the traffic to decrease congestion. Uh, finding you a parking space. It can also stop all traffic instantly. It's switching off all your vehicles. Sensors that light street lamps, call emergency services, or warn about pollution levels in real time. They can also, obviously, and they're not mentioning it here, uh, detect through various means of waves and so on. Uh, if you're maybe got a little bit of smoke coming out your tailpipe, Smart cities take all the elements of urban life, creating a technological platform that allows citizens, businesses, and governments to communicate and work together. Well, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I want them working together all the time on me. I, I like being me at times, you know, and, and a bit of privacy. Smart cities have until recently been large ones like Barcelona or Amsterdam, but smaller cities are catching up, piloting or planning to implement smart city strategies. It's like total information awareness network. That's really what it is. There's nothing you can do anywhere, go anywhere, even in a walk in a forest somewhere, without uh, them watching you. That again, they had that in George Orwell's 1984. Microphones and you have cameras and the in the forest, everywhere. Total. See, you're owned. That, that's what you do with something you own. You, you observe it all the time if you want to. If you're really obsessional, and the people at the top really are obsessional. And we are the business, remember, too. All this takes money. Uh, not this research and development, but uh, all the massive grants are given of your tax money to the big corporations that make this stuff. They don't want you to spend their own money making stuff. They want your money. And it's always been like that. All the big corporations live on your money, corporate welfare. We are the business, though. And if you use any of their, their gadgets or gizmos, they'll, they'll charge you energy taxes and carbon taxes and everything else for using it because you're naughty. You use too much or you used it at all. Then the European Commission has adopted the 2014 to 2020 operational programs for the Spanish region of Valencia for the city of, of Cuiza. These programs are designed to address the specific challenges faced by Valencia and Coetza, with particular focus on SMEs as well as investments in research, information and communication technologies, renewable energy and energy efficiency. See, under technocracy, everything has to be ultra-efficient, including all of you. You you all have to be working at maximum efficiency. They've, They've said that in their writings. And when you stop being the maximum efficient as you get older, they're going to come along in probably a little white van, just like they did in China, and, and pull you in and, and um, you know give you a little pill. They won't damage your organs because you might want to harvest your organs. Because you, you are part of the business. You, you truly are. Most folk, as I say this stuff, won't, won't really care. It's, it's quite amazing how folk think you're talking about somebody else. Now, the EU was very important, the European Union, a very old plan to completely amalgamate all of Europe in a totalitarian regime, where they're simply managed, and they are managed by the commission at the top that's not elected, and so it's not democratic. So that's the true system of, uh, of technocracy there. But they talk about Valencia, the total budget for Valencia's operational program for all of this stuff is $1.14 billion which the EU, European Union, will contribute 568 million euros. Over 80% of the available funding will be concentrated on four main priorities, research and innovations, that's, that's big, massive free grants to all the big corporations, information technologies to support the SMEs and energy efficiency. 
We always pay for our chains. I've said that so many times. We really do. Padlocks and all. And after doing all that, you don't even get a key to the padlock. You know, your, your masters have that. Then this article here. How the three Canadian cities are trying to become smart cities. And... Um, it's just, there, there's still an unknown concept to most urbanites who don't realize that changes are currently underway to make the cities they live in smarter. On March 7th, representatives from cities across Canada came together for the second annual SAP, uh, <laughs> like the name near a SAP, SAP Smart Cities Forum, for the future of urban life. Urban life was explored. As Director of Technology Innovation for the City of Kitchener, Dan Murray, puts out the definition of a smart City changes depending on which city you enter, as each city has its own priorities and its own obstacles. However, for Canadian cities, when to become smart cities, one central theme seems to be generally agreed upon, and that is one of efficiency again, efficiency and communication. Efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. So, for the big agenda, you must all become more and more and more and more efficient, even though you're a human machine, because... Because that's what you're supposed to do, go at your work at maximum efficiency all the time and consume as little as possible. That's even more efficient. I'm not kidding you about this. This is all in it. But I'll put that there and I'll put in also a bit about the CIA and the cloud and how the low flying satellites are to bring in the 5G. They're putting up the millions of these satellites across the planet to supposedly help us communicate better uh, as they observe everything more and more efficiently. Uh, for our masters And the articles too About uh, the satellite plans They talk about 20,000 Satellites in low and mid-earth orbits By 2020 It's probably a lot more than that actually And then the 5G The 5G tells you what it is To 5th generation mobile networks Or 5th generation wireless systems And I think it's even more um, Into the high microwave range than the previous ones. So there you go. There you go. But don't worry, if you get uh, a wee tumour in your brain, um, they can offer you in Canada a pill um, uh, which isn't going to cost much to the taxpayer. And uh, that will end all your, all your problems. This is the, the sad reality of life, folks. Uh, we are under a machine. We're ruled. It's supposedly free beings. We're all born the same. Uh, and yet you're under this ongoing, and you could say definitely tyrannical system that will steal you of common sense. Common sense isn't allowed anymore in this age of transition, the century of transition. You're... Your viewpoints on everything have to be what your masters have told you is correct. And, and you'll constantly adopt them. And constantly throughout your life, as you get new things to believe in and, and, and accept, and, uh, you better upgrade yourself because you, you're going to be watched and listened to and, and all, your, all your communication is going to be monitored. That's where it is. So we're not going into freedom. This, this technocracy is about engineering the planet, engineering the human beings in it, engineering your DNA and everything else, right down to the fact that you don't have the right to have your own mind. Well, from myself, Alan Watt, from a very cold and bitter Canada, it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.